just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know, the blue people with the tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is episode 27, the TCU Horn Frogs, Texas Christian University. And wow, you know, West Virginia is really in a bad spot. They've lost so many games in the calendar year. They lose again tonight against TCU. But this is a loss that you can't feel that bad about. Why? Because did you hear that TCU crowd? It's a Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, Fort Worth. It felt like everybody, not only everybody in the city of Fort Worth, everybody in the city of Dallas, heck, It seemed like the entire population of Texas was in Fort Worth in that arena to watch TCU play West Virginia. At least that's what it sounded like. Wow. I mean, I've been in the Coliseum when uh, when it gets loud, when it gets raucous. And, you know, I'm biased. I feel like the Coliseum, that's one of the loudest places you can go. And, of course, in the Big 12, obviously you think Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse and how loud that place gets, and and they fill up the arena every time. And TCU, back when West Virginia joined the Big 12, TCU was playing in like a high school gym, and they were really bad at basketball. And then Jamie Dixon comes in, and now it's like you can't even hear yourself think. Like it's basically the Allen Fieldhouse of Texas, the TCU arena. Man, just unbelievable. Shout out to the TCU fans for showing up. You know, the guy from ESPN Plus said about – 380 times that TCU was a bubble team. And when you're a bubble team uh, playing a home game that you need to win, I'm sure Jamie Dixon was like, you know, we need you, Horn Frog Nation, to show up and get loud. And show up and get loud, they did. I didn't see one empty seat in that arena. And when West Virginia's in a losing streak, haven't won a home game in the calendar or haven't won a road game in the calendar year, you're hoping to to find a spot where it's like a a, a sleepy night in the stadium. You don't want to face the sixth man, which is or woman, which is the crowd. And unfortunately for WVU, they ran into a crowd buzzsaw. Because that crowd, I don't I was watching the game, and I can control the volume on my TV. And 
I had it down to like a reasonable level. I still couldn't hear myself think in my in my TV room. How is that possible? I, I have no idea. But that's what West Virginia was up against tonight. And I don't care what team you are. You're going to have a tough time in an environment like that. Man. And so when you look at the – and when you think about the first half, how both teams were scoring, both teams got in the 40s by halftime, you're like, how could that be? Because, you know, the game gets – you know, the crowd gets louder as the game goes on. So in theory, it's not as loud in the first half and the second half. So that kind of makes sense how both teams can score especially West Virginia on the road in an environment like that. And yet that crowd got into it in the second half. They I'm like just overwhelming. I mean, not only it seemed like not only was every seat taken, but like people were in the aisles. That, that has to be a fire hazard, right? Where like I've heard of standing capacity only, like standing room only. But at some point you in this day and age, you, you have to have the ability of something bad is going on in the arena. You have to have the the aisles cleared. And I, I don't know, maybe, you know, it's, I'm not there, so maybe it was safer than what it appeared, but it just was, it just seemed out of control. And so when you when you watch the game and you see that Sean Mc, senior Sean McNeil doesn't score a basket, you're like, well, that's not him, right? He hasn't had a game where he hasn't scored since his first year at WVU. It's like, how, how is that? And in a, in a must-win game, how does he not score? And then you think, well, Obviously, the TCU crowd got in his head because there was a play in the second half where McNeil gets it, has like a a window to shoot the ball, and he doesn't shoot the ball. And then he gets the ball later and takes a contested shot. How does that happen? The crowd. The crowd obviously affected him. Like, I'm sure all – however many thousands and thousands of people that were at that game were probably, and I couldn't, I, like, again, I couldn't hear myself think, but, like, they were, everybody must have screamed, ah, at the same time. You know how, you like, you're playing pickup and somebody's kind of lax on defense, but they'll run at you and scream? Imagine thousands of people doing that, not technically running at you, but, like, Everybody's screaming at the same time when you're trying to shoot a basketball. I mean, I I have a hard time shooting a basketball with nobody around. So I get it. Like, I, yeah, he didn't score, but also, you know, how how are you going to score in an environment like that? And so obviously that translates to the free throw line where West Virginia has had a good run of it at the free throw line. But tonight they 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 shot like fifty six percent from the line. It's like, whoa, what happened? You know, <laughs> how does that happen? I mean, you're not at home, so that's probably one thing. And that frog skin court or whatever is going on, 
that can probably be jarring too. But, you know, in the Coliseum, when you're shooting the basketball, everybody gets really quiet. But when you're on the road, especially at Texas Christian University basketball school, I mean, that's you have to have like a different level of concentration. Like almost you would expect to like the referee gives you the ball, you put the ball down on the floor, you close your eyes, you stand up straight, you do a couple of box breaths, right? Deep, deep inhales, deep exhales. And then you try to keep that inner peace while you shoot the basketball because of all of the crowd noise around you, right? So you got to do some kind of thing to to distract yourself from what's a like. I'm surprised. You know how in the in the loud games, like especially at like uh, in a football game and like a bowl situation where the where the sound is just kind of bouncing back and forth you'll have the person on the sideline with like the the volume meter is saying like this is right now it's like this many decibels and that's the same as like a an aircraft carrier taking off or a a standing next to a rocket ship that's about to go into space i thought the guys from espn plus was gonna like you were gonna cut to them as like Hey, I I can't hear you, but look at this. It's 300 decibels in here, right next to the frog court, the frog skin court. You know, and I, and maybe they just didn't think about it. That's kind of on the fly. I'm, I'm guessing they weren't expecting on a Monday night in Fort Worth it, for it to be that crazy, but it was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. So you can kind of explain away free throw shooting because of the crowd. Huggins got a technical foul uh, when this one was getting out of hand and West Virginia loses their 11th game out of 12 games. And you know what probably happened? And he got, you know what happened? And I, I just figured it out as I'm talking it out. Huggins, before he got a technical foul, was clapping. Maybe like a <laughs> maybe a sarcastic clap, but it was so loud in the arena that I'm sure the referee was like, if one more person claps, then I like the whistle's gonna fall off of my neck and everything's gonna be we're just going to go into utter chaos. So the the next person I see clap, they're getting a technical foul because it's just going to it's going to send the the volume over the edge. And the guy looks over and that next person that claps is Bob Huggins. And it's just it's it's been that kind of season for WVU where you just can't catch a break and even in that moment Huggins yes he was sarcastically clapping no that probably isn't a technical foul but it's time and place it's the situation what are you gonna do as the road team against a crowd like that 
which makes Taz getting to a thousand career points at WVU that much more amazing to do it in an environment like that. Uh, Taz is from Texas, so he's close to home. So that probably adds a little more uh, uh, sentimental value to where he scored his his thousandth point. Uh, but then he can tell people, like, when I got to a thousand, I did it in Fort Worth in front of thousands and thousands of people. Right? So, congratulations to Taz Sherman for scoring a thousand points at West Virginia University. That's a, that's a elite club. And he joins a club, I think it's less than 60 guys that have scored a thousand points in uh in their WVU career. And so Taz joins the latest guys that do that. West Virginia greats uh Derek Culver and Issa Ahmad. Those are the last two that get into the thousand club. And so Taz joins that group. Um and it's just great to like it's such good memories of the last three guys that have scored a thousand points for WVU: Issa Ahmad, Derek Culver, and now Taz Sherman. So Taz joins an elite group that have scored at least a thousand points. Like, uh, and only do it in a little under. Three, you know, close to three seasons. He did it in. Imagine if he had got here and had, uh, you know, four or even five years of eligibility. Uh, but he did come from junior college, and so, and tonight, you know, great first half. I think Taz thrived in the environment when it was not as loud as we talked about in that first half, and then you know the volume goes up, the pressure goes up, and. Again, I'm I'm not putting this. Would you put this on West Virginia losing this game in front of in front of that? I mean, they're not they're not super. We're not watching a Marvel movie. They're not superheroes. They're playing in Fort Worth. I mean, yes, West Virginia has never won in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, and and I got to say, like, we're going to look back at the days where West Virginia was able to go into Fort Worth in front of that crowd and pull out a win against the Horn Frogs. Hey, all you hoop fans, you basketball round ball fans like me, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
So, all my hoop fans, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Age 21 years or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. I think like I'm trying to think of the toughest places to play in the country. And you think, you think Duke, you know, Cameron indoor, you think, obviously I talked about Allen Fieldhouse uh, playing at Gonzaga is very difficult. Uh, and those are like smaller stadiums, and TCU's arena is is kind of in that Duke vibe and Gonzaga vibe, where they pack a lot of people into a small area. Um, Purdue is tough to play at, um, but man, TCU is really climbing up the charts again. Only I haven't watched. This is the first game I've watched TCU, and I just don't remember Fort Worth being that crazy. And yet it was just, I mean, you watched it. Did you see an empty seat? I I did not. Um, And so, like, things that happen, when you look at the box score, you see, oh, West Virginia got out-rebounded by, like, 18. A Bob Huggins team. Bob Huggins loves rebounds. But then you get to the volume thing and you're like, well, I'm sure like all you're thinking about when the shot goes up is like, how can all this sound be surrounding me and just kind of caving in on me? Where's my noise canceling headphones? You know what? In a place like that, do noise can't do noise canceling headphones work? When you're on the TCU floor in front of that in, in front of that crowd, I'm sure there's like, and they might start putting it on the boxes, like noise canceling headphones, asterisk, and then you read the small print. It's like it cancels almost all the noise. Don't expect this to block out all the noise, especially you know, next to a jumbo jet or at a TCU men's basketball game in February. You know, West Virginia plays next at Iowa State and uh, the Hilton, what is it called? The Hilton Coliseum, the Hilton Arena. I mean, they, that's a proud school as far as their fans. And they're probably looking at TCU and like, hey, hey, new kid on the block. I see what you're doing. And then they're going to step up their game when West Virginia goes there on Wednesday. Right? 
Because West Virginia, this is their this is their third two-game road trip of the season. And this became a two-game road trip because this was a game that was rescheduled because pandemic. But I mean, I guess the volume would have been just a little bit less crazy if it had been early January versus late February. I mean, loudest environments, right? A Duke-UNC game. Because those schools are right close to each other. And it doesn't matter, Cameron Indoor or the Dean Dome. That's that's crazy loud, right? What other good uh, rivalries in college basketball where it gets loud? I mean, Kentucky-Louisville. You know, UCLA, USC, I don't know if that's the, if that's the case. But, like, think of the loudest environments. And then where would you put tonight's crowd? Where would you put the TCU-WVU crowd in Fort Worth? I mean, rank them however you want to rank them. It's, it's pretty close. So West Virginia just cannot catch a break, you know? Cannot catch a break. Huggins, I mean, Huggins didn't. <laughs> I like how Huggins is still saying we've got a chance because he's technically right. And I can't remember in 2019 if he said we have a chance. Uh, let's just say at Iowa State, I would expect the minutes for the guys playing to change substantially and Huggins has been talking this game about giving freshmen a chance uh by my calculation again no fault of WVU tonight who who you know again they're not the Avengers they're not the X-Men they're just they're just mere mortals uh but we're gonna see Jamel King and we're gonna see James Okongwu and I mean I'm trying to think who – let me guess who's going to be the starting five at Iowa State. I think – I think Kedrian Johnson starts. I think you have a Johnson and Johnson backcourt. I think you have Jalen Bridges, Jamel King, and Isaiah Cottrell. That's my guess. I think, I think Jamel King, who made his first WVU points – in that environment, he's going to get the nod for his first start of the season at Iowa State. That's my big, bold prediction. And, you know, I guess the pressure is off the coaching staff and the players. In my opinion, it doesn't matter what their record is now in the last four games of the season. They can go 0-4. They can go 4-0. It doesn't matter now. The next must-win game for WVU will be in Kansas City in the Big 12 tournament. So now we have a four-game window where Huggins can hopefully find the right right grouping of players. And he talked about it tonight. Like, he's – 
he talked about it in the post game in the last game about fire about the guys he's going to play they just this team needs more fire and uh fire translates into youth uh, is my guess and so you know i've been wondering where kobe johnson was at he showed up finally in the second half uh, seth wilson is getting more minutes and becoming a, a bigger part of the rotation but i think we're going to see it and you're already seeing it with i don't think kerrigan got in the game tonight and i don't know if we'll see him a lot moving forward and so but i, I do think we're going to see we're going to see bridges and we're going to see Gatrell and we're going to see kobe johnson and we're going to see seth wilson I'd be shocked if, unless Okongwu is injured and I, he's suited up, ready to go. I don't think he starts, but I think he's going to get some more minutes. And it's going to, the way this is going, this is going to make an awkward uh, senior day. Um, I'll just, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it like that. I'm and you know the format of this show has typically been uh, the first segment and then quote unquote random thoughts and then final thoughts. And in this losing streak, I'm just blowing past random thoughts. So if you're if you're, I'm sorry if you're missing my takes on. Uh, what <laughs> of the of the crinkle fries at Arby's or um putting <laughs> uh I don't have a I don't or paying you know do people use cash anymore like those are on the back burner because it's just where West Virginia is in a rough spot and for. 10 of these losses lately like you can talk about actual deficiencies with WVU that that needs addressed and that Huggins I'm sure has been focusing on this game I and Huggins said some stuff different than this but I would if he would have just said after the game uh they're tough to beat here I wish the I wish the Coliseum got as loud as as this stadium in Fort Worth, this arena in Fort Worth. Like he could have said that, and everybody would be like, "I I get it, Coach. I get it." And Huggins is not one for excuses, so he didn't he didn't talk about he didn't talk like that. But I'm sure, like in the recesses of 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 everybody's mind, it's like. We needed this win, but could we have gotten this win because of the environment? Final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media. 
on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact! Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. West Virginia plays again on the road on Wednesday, 7 p.m. ESPNU against the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State recently beat TCU at TCU, which is like, how in the world did they do that? And then Iowa State came back home and beat Oklahoma by uh, over 20 points. So Iowa State comes into this one on a two-game winning streak, and West Virginia has lost 11 of their last 12 games. It's not a must-win. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. West Virginia is now 14-13 and 13 on the season. Good night, everyone. I don't – what do you want me to – that's it. I don't want to do the part about the why is somebody even listening to this anymore? It's like hey, let's <laughs> uh I know, I know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh. <laughs>